Welcome to the Divorce Survival Guide podcast, where we have open and honest conversations about co-parenting, separation, divorce, and the hardest question of all, should you stay or should you go? I'm Kate Anthony, your Divorce Survival Guide, and I'm here to help you navigate some of the roughest waters you've ever swum in and answer some of your toughest questions. I've been to hell and back, and now it's my mission in life to help you get to the other side of this process with your sanity and your heart intact. Hey everyone, welcome back. So, I hope everyone's having a wonderful summer. Uh, I just turned in the final manuscript of my book, which will be coming out at the very end of December, early January. Man, I can't tell you (laughs) what it's like to finish and to finally turn that in. It's been um, quite a ride. There is a lot more to come, but you all will be the first to know about all of it as it comes, as we launch, as we get into pre-sales and all of that stuff, you guys are going to be the first to know. The name of the book is The D Word, Making the Biggest Decision About Your Marriage. I think you guys uh, get the general jest, right? (laughs) So I will keep you posted on all the things, but I just wanted to let you know that I finished that. And so I've been breathing a little bit. Yay! Um, Speaking of breathing, if you are overwhelmed by all of the um, podcast episodes I have and you want to get your curated podcast playlist, um, just make sure that you know and remember that you can go to my website. If you go to kateanthony.com slash playlist, you can get your curated podcast playlist that will give you just sort of a a short list of episodes that I think are most important for you at this juncture. So um, that'll be in the show notes as well. And you've probably heard me talk about it, but I just wanted to give it one more plug. So today I have with me Kimberly Cook. Uh, She is a divorce attorney, mediator, and the founder of Grown Girl Divorce which is a divorce resource company um, specifically for black women. Kimberly is known for successfully navigating complex financial and custody matters while helping her clients navigate their next steps forward. Her expertise and her unique ability to disseminate complex information in a relatable way has made her a sought-after divorce coach, speaker, and podcaster. She truly believes that everyone deserves to be in a healthy and happy relationship and is on a mission to educate and empower others to make that happen. Hello. I mean, we are super simpatico. So uh, I hope you enjoy this conversation with Kimberly Cook of Grown Girl Divorce. Kim, thanks so much for coming on to the Divorce Survival Guide podcast and sharing your wisdom with everybody. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to get into this conversation. Looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. So you wear so many hats. I love this. You're an attorney. You're a mediator. You're a coach. You are like all things expert divorce. I am, gosh, the divorce professional. And when I tell people that, right, 
I think they look at me a little bit weird, like what's wrong with you? But it just (laughs) is the easy way to kind of say, right. That yes. um, You know, I started my career as a litigator, right. So definitely a a trial attorney and a divorce attorney and, and then um, a mediator, divorce coach, and then legal consultant. So yeah, it's, it's all of the things divorce and family related. So it's just, I find easier to say I'm a divorce professional, but again, I, I say the same thing. Yeah. I say the same thing. It's, but it's just easier, right? Like, it's just easier. I, yeah. Cause otherwise I'm like, well, I'm a divorce coach. I'm a podcast host. I'm an advocate. <laughs> I do. Right? Yes. Like, yes. It's a lot. It's a lot. I'm an it's advocate for family court reform. I'm a, this. yeah. Right. And so then you feel like, you know, I'm going through my whole kind of like CV and I'm like, let's just keep it simple. I do divorce. divorce. I do. I do divorce all aspects (laughs) of it. You're great. You're great. You have this great um, business and podcast about grown girl divorce, and you specifically focus on black women um, because you say that divorce is not made for black women. Right. Or the family court system. All right. So here's what I'll say. The easiest way, because a lot of people are like, wait, isn't divorce the same regardless of race, ethnicity, and gender? And and the way I break things out is as simple as following. Yes, arguably the divorce process, right? Divorce process. And, and you know, again, I say arguably because that's a litigate litigator and me coming out, Mm -hmm. we can all argue six ways to Sunday whether or not the law is fair and the like. But let's just for purpose of this conversation, say that arguably process is the same. But what is different is the divorce experience, right? And so the divorce experience, you experiencing divorce as a woman, or you experience divorce as a Black woman, or as someone who is um, trans or as a male, whatever, your divorce experience is going to be different. And so grown girl divorce comes from a space of saying, we are here to educate and empower Black women and women of color who are going through the experience of divorce. So that's the distinction. um, Because again, the experience of navigating cultural constraints, societal stigmas, misunderstandings as, you know, a black woman or a woman of color is different as a part of the overall experience. So that's why we've created Grown Girl Divorce. It's a space of relatability. That's what it is. Yeah. I love that. I mean, yeah, we live in a, in a country, in a society that is systemically, yes, um, has a lot of, a lot of biases um, and, you know, racism and white supremacy woven into it. Sure. So it's, and then we've got the court system that is overwhelmingly dominated by, by white men. Yep. Um, so I can imagine it would be a very different experience. It, it's a different experience, but you know, here's what's interesting. I, I often talk to, you know, women who are Muslim or women who are Jewish or, yeah. um, you know, women who are affluent mm-hmm. and, When you have kind of this idea that the divorce experience is cookie cutter for all, what happens is that people feel silenced, they don't feel seen or heard. And so in many ways, right, regardless of whether you are, um, you know, Black, 
white, Asian, South Asian, there is a need for having this, huh, somebody gets what I'm going through without me even having to say something. It's the reason we have women's support groups, right? It's we need yeah. as women each other. And so it's the same, it's the same sense um, for grown girl divorce, where it was, you know what, black women get divorced too. And while you might live in an area or community where nobody looks like you or nobody in your extended family has gone through a divorce because culturally it's not something we talk about. This is the community. This is a village where it's, we're here, we're out here um, together navigating not just the process, but the experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, so let, let me just sort of back up a minute. So why yeah. was it, why did you start Grown Girl Divorce? I mean, here you were a litigator, you were in family law, you're a mediator. And how did this, how did this come to be? And how long have you been, how long has it been in existence? So it came to be because of my girlfriends, right? Mm-hmm. So there hit a, a point in time, um, and I will say, you know, age-wise, where here we were all, you know, well into marriage, families, professionals. And I started to get a lot of these, Kim, can we talk? And, you know, there was a tone to it, right? You know, yeah. there's a tone. I know right? the tone. I you know. know the tone. Yeah. And, and uh-huh. so, <laughs> and I, I started to kind of really say to myself, gosh, I do divorce. This is what I do. Mm-hmm. But I never really sat and looked into kind of um, on behalf of, say, my clients what divorce support or resources were really out there, right? Mm -hmm. Like I refer Mm -hmm. people to therapists or divorce coaches or, but there's a thing when you're a lawyer is you stay in your lane, right? I'm going to give you a referral, but I'm here to do this piece of it. And so I started Grown Girl Divorce because I recognized that my girlfriends had me, right? They had me and I know that there were other women out there who just needed a safe space to be who they were to really kind of feel like there are um, questions that I don't feel like are being answered. I'm worried about coming off as the angry Black woman, or I'm worried about you know, being the only one in my family who has ever gotten divorced and what that feels like. I want a space for me. And so Grown Girl Divorce started as a podcast to really kind of educate and empower professional Black women who are going through this. And it just kind of gave us a space that gave voice to the process. How long has it been in existence? Well, here's the funny thing. So um, certainly I've been doing divorce a long time. And it has been, I'd say, in infancy stages, really leading up to 2020. And then mm. 2020 hit mm. okay. and the phone calls kept coming. And there was a need that really became very apparent that was, okay, we got to get out here. We need to start kind of answering questions and highlighting other experts of color. It's time. And so I would say in 2020 is really when the podcast 
started to consistently kind of come um, into fruition. And now it has since expanded into other providing other support resources through the website, through, you know, events and support groups. And so I would say 2020 was really when it was like, all right, we got to get serious. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, I imagine that that was a sort of a combo of the divorce rate rising so drastically when we were in lockdown on top of George Floyd and all of the all of the Everything. racial stuff that was coming up right like it, it just it had to have been both of those things sort of colliding in your world i would say it's a perfect storm right so it's you know people are at their wits end because everybody's in the house here i am a lawyer recognizing and seeing that our legal system has come to a complete standstill, right? And, and, and so you have people in crisis because they're trying to navigate a very difficult process that's not moving. Mm -hmm. And then you have certainly, again, everything that's happening in communities across the country and so it really became apparent where it was, we've got to have an outlet. We There has to be given voice in a community. And oh, by the way, here we also then had statistics that are telling us that um, divorce uh, or Black women have a higher divorce rate than a marriage rate. And it was like, wait a minute, what's happening here? Mm. And where are we in, in terms of giving voice to what's happening as a part of our experience? And therein lies, all right, let's let's chat, right? Let's have some conversations yeah. with some girlfriends who know what they're talking about, right? And yeah. and so right. that's that's really kind of been the way we've moved it. And and then added in later personal stories because okay. yeah, it's nice to hear, and, and I know that sounds kind of um off-putting, but when you're going through something, right? Yeah. Being able to hear somebody else in their real life experience of, hey, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Hey, I've been there too. I know what you're going through. It's a game changer for people. Mm -hmm. And so for many of our listeners, it really has been the opportunity to really kind of connect with somebody that they've never met, who they will never know because it's anonymous, but to feel in some way connected because they feel like, huh, somebody knows what it's like to go through this that I'm going through. I will be okay. And and if that helps one woman, done. Check done for me, really. Well, and I'm sure it 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 helps thousands. So, you know, that's that's great. It really We're trying. Is. Yeah, I know. Aren't we? We're all trying. We're all trying. We're all trying. Yeah. So you you mentioned that the divorce rate for Black women is higher than the marriage rate. That's right. Um, can you sort of say more about that? Do you sure sort of the the stats the four one one on that? Yeah. There's. I think there's a couple of things. One. So, um, you know, we know that we have, um. 31% 31% divorce rate when a 17% marriage rate. And 
it's troubling. But now here's the deal with statistics. And I tell people all the time, you've got to unpack things a little bit. It's just like when people, you know, talk about divorce rates in general, you have to kind of unpack, you know, is it first time divorces? Is that adding in second times? But going to this statistics, there's a couple of things to keep in mind. One, oftentimes that includes single mothers who have never been married, right? So when you look at overall kind of marriage rates, they haven't been able to break out. So when we look at a 17% kind of a marriage rate, you're polling, right? Women who may be mothers, but were never, um, that were never, that were never married. Um, And then we look at okay, now we also have a divorce rate Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. same kind of thing. We can't break that down between first time marriages or sorry, first time divorces or second time divorces. Nonetheless, the numbers don't lie, meaning that there is something happening. And and what is, I think, happening is a couple of things. One, um, you know, Black women as a whole have been outpacing men and particularly black women, uh, black men in terms of higher education, in terms of career and professional development, which don't get me wrong. It's amazing. That's great. And, and listen, as somebody who is married and, and married to a black male, I am not knocking black men by any stretch of the imagination. But what I am saying is that when you're looking at you know, times have changed where women don't feel like they have to get married to be able to support themselves or their children. And this, I would say generation more so than prior generations where they're very much like, I got this, right? (laughs) Right. If I'm going to partner with you, you better be bringing something worthwhile to the table. That's right. Because it's not like I, I don't need you. I don't need you. So do I want you? That's right. That's right. That's exactly right. Exactly. So, so that's a big thing, which is very different, you know, and and certainly culturally speaking, that's really different because for many um, generations, right, black women had to be married in order to even be seen, to even have the ability to you know, vote or to buy land or to, you know, they had to be attached to a black man who barely had his own kind of rights and standing, but to be a single black woman just wasn't going to happen. And so now we've moved in a different direction where women are like, yeah, I'm good. You're not doing anything for me, sir. Thanks. Right. So you have that. And then secondly, you also have um, a real movement towards recognizing that we each deserve to be in happy and healthy relationships. And Mm -hmm. so as a community, there is really, I think, a real kind of move towards saying there's no shame associated with me kind of ending my marriage. Um, Despite what, you know, generations have said before, right? You stay married, you just kind of power through it, or you just separate and nobody talks about it. And so I think what we're seeing is really just kind of the, hey, you don't have to be married if you don't want to be, you can do this and be happy. Or if you find yourself in a marriage that is not happy or not healthy for you, you don't have to stick it out. 
And that's okay. And I think that's what's happening. I think the numbers are reflecting a bit of that, but certainly on really kind of um, leaning really strong on the, I really am okay. I don't need marriage to validate me or or to kind of push me to the next level. And so as a, as a whole, that's where we get the statistics from. Yeah. It's, it's so fascinating. I mean, I, I mean, I see that you know, I think the the stats right now for remarriage overall is that it's something yep. like 65% or 69% of divorced women are mm-hmm. like, nah, I'm good. good. <laughs> I'm going to do it again because this doesn't benefit me. In fact, yes. this entire thing relies on my labor. So why am I going to opt into so that So what again? am I doing? That's what right. I yeah. I, I think we're, I, I think just women in general are being a lot more analytical and asking questions and, and, and really kind of coming to the table saying, all right, here's what I'm looking for. Right. Yeah, and if you're right. not able to meet these needs in the way that, you know, my ask, okay, it's yeah. fine. Right. And, and so um, I, I think we are really moving towards where, uh, talk about female empowerment, you know, where I think we really are coming into our own and being able to say, yeah, I, I, I'm okay. I'm okay. Thanks. I'm good. And I think the other thing that, that adds to that is that now that we, now we've also got the research that shows that marriage doesn't completely fuck up children. I mean, the divorce (laughs) does not. Yes. (laughs) That divorce doesn't completely screw up our kids. Yep. And that actually being in an unhealthy and unhappy marriage does more damage to them than leaving. Right. And so now that we have that broader understanding, which you know, I still have to educate women on every single day, every day, every day. Right. Um, yes. we, you know, we're, we're a little freer. Yes. Yes. It's still, you know, I, I will say Kate, that that's the one thing that I think is the hardest for many women to Absolutely. kind of grapple with. Right. I mm-hmm. think it's mm-hmm. this, the society has, has, said you have to be married in order for your children to be successful and this is what it looks like even though it's a dumpster fire in your house right if you're married right. if, as long as your you're married kids, it's fine mm-hmm. that's right that's right mm-hmm. and so now right now i think we're all like all right listen no knock to the therapists are doing very well but i think many of us would not need therapy, but for the fact that our parents hadn't stayed in these crazy toxic marriages for so long. Hello. And, <laughs> and therefore, right. and I, so I think the writing is, is now on the wall that, that, that yes, that we are becoming more comfortable in saying, look, this isn't working out. We are actually modeling terrible behavior for our children. Yeah. Terrible and relationship so, models. The relationship you know, models are are this is not what we want for them. This is not what we want for them at all. Right. And so I, I do agree that I think, you know, people are feeling a lot more comfortable now saying, Yeah, you know what? I'm okay. And my kids will be okay because they will see that I'm okay. And I'm that okay. It, that's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And and I think, you know, some of the some of the resistance, right, is that, you know. 
knowing that divorce isn't the thing that, you know, doesn't screw up our kids, but toxicity, you know, can. Yes. Um, and that if you have a healthy collaborative divorce, the kids are going to get through it really well. That's right. But you only have control over one person <laughs> in that process, <laughs> right? And what? so if my if my ex is going to drag me through the mud and actually make this toxic, yes, then should I stay? So, you know, it's one of those uh, things where you think about, all right, what do I do here when I know that staying, what that looks like, right? I know what staying looks like. I've been able to navigate that process. I, I know how to make things work, right? As toxic as, as they are, but I can make them work. If I leave and I'm dealing with a nut who is going to amp up all of the drama, amp up the kooky and make everything three times worse, is it worth it? And, you know, I say to clients often, we always want to consider our safety first. That's first and foremost, right? But here's the reality. The reality of it is at some point, you trying to navigate staying in this relationship is untenable. And so even though leaving on the front end is going to be difficult or can be a challenge, right? Staying is often even worse because again, what we're modeling to our children is more than just, okay, I'm being strong because I'm trying to protect you child from, you know, what I know may happen if, if your parents get divorced. But what we're saying in many ways is, I don't deserve to be treated with respect. I don't deserve to be happy. I don't deserve to live a life free of fear. And we are showing our children that they too, in many ways, either should tolerate certain behaviors because they've seen you tolerate that, or that it's okay to act in that way because somebody else similar to you, we'll just tolerate it. And so it's it it really is um, a, a real proverbial catch-22, do I leave or do I go? You got to be safe, but chances are it's better to leave and have people help you to leave than to stay and in, in the idea of it's just safer and easier if I just stay in this space. Yeah. But make no mistake, it's, you know, it is hard. And now, a quick word from our sponsor. Whenever I hear about a protective mom struggling to co-parent with an ex whose alcohol misuse endangers the child, I always recommend Soberlink. If you've been listening for a while, you know how much I love Soberlink. For those of you who are new, welcome and listen up. Soberlink is an alcohol monitoring system that is the most convenient, reliable and reasonable way for a parent to provide concrete proof that they're not drinking during parenting time. Soberlink uses facial recognition, and it's the only alcohol monitoring system that analyzes and approves or declines identity in real time, meaning that you'll be immediately notified if your co-parent attempts to have someone else use the device. 
Soberlink also has some of the most high-tech tamper-resistant features on the market, which prevents tampering with the device itself or trying to use alternate air sources like a balloon or an air pump. So basically, any way someone can think of to cheat the system, Soberlink can catch. If someone tests positive for alcohol, Soberlink requires additional tests to confirm the non-compliant results. If a positive test happens, the system's retest cycle begins, allowing the co-parent to retest every 15 minutes, up to six times. Upon request from their in-house compliance department, a drinking evaluation is delivered to you to confirm the non-compliant result. Soberlink has two programs. There's a parenting time only program, and then there's a daily testing program. Both programs operate using scheduled testing. So for example, a testing schedule might be that you ask the co-parent to test before their parenting time and then during parenting time. And this helps you feel confident that your co-parent is parenting sober. And if there is a positive test result, you can write into your agreement that parenting time will be reevaluated. Soberlink's reports are admissible in court. And in fact, Soberlink is recommended by courts in all 50 states and in Canada. If you have any concerns about your child's safety while with the other parent, there is no better way than Soberlink to put your mind at ease. For an exclusive $50 off of your device and to download the resource I created with Soberlink, Checklist for a High Conflict Divorce, visit www.soberlink.com DSG. And now back to our show. You know, one of the things that you pointed to is that there's like shorter term hard and look, that could be five years, right? It, it, it really could. Yes. Because the because the family law system moves at a snail's pace because if you have a, if your, you know, soon to be ex is an abusive or vexatious litigant, you're going to be in it for a long ass time. Yes, you are. But that's better than your lifetime. That's right. That's right. That's right. I and and or the 18 years, right? And we know what I'm referencing. We're talking about, mm-hmm. oh, you know, I'm going to stay until the kids until are the out kids of the house. Are, right. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a long time. That's a long time. A, Unless yeah. your kids, three. your kids. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. Your right. kids three. It's a long ass it's time. It's a long time. Unless your kid is two days away from turning 18. No, no. Because as you've said, the process in and of itself could take you five years. And, and that's real talk, right? It could take. And so waiting in saying, okay, well, I'll start the process when they're 16 or 17. No, thank you. You've got a three-year-old or you have a five-year-old. No, no, it, no don't do no. it. That's it's right. not worth it for you, for them. It, it It's not. And, and I'll just say that, look, we know that people stay because of a variety of reasons. And, and some of those reasons have a lot to do with your own kind of background, your own upbringing, the the things that you experience in terms of relationships, your comfort, and then it has now manifested in the, huh, my parents stayed together for 40 years, happy or unhappy, or, you know, everybody I knew was divorced and I didn't want that. And so, I'm going to stick this out or it's, you know, my community or my culture tells me that, you know, this is not what you do. And so 
I don't want to bring shame to my family mm-hmm. because of that. And yeah. those are things that we all have to kind of reckon with and unpack. And that's why though, it's important to get kind of the help and to talk to people to, you know, listen to divorce survival guide, right? <laughs> so that you you can get these these questions kind of answered and knowing that you're not the only one who's facing these very difficult um, you know, challenges that are that lie ahead in making the decision um to proceed with a divorce. Um, because yeah. it's it sucks. It does. Yeah, it, it it does. It does. And the, you know, the cultural aspect of it is so can be so difficult and and you know, very real. I've yeah. worked with I've worked with women who um, you know, are uh from very, very strict Muslim uh communities and mm-hmm. that leaving their abuser actually meant being shunned from their entire community, including yes. their children. Yes. Right. And and that, you know. When when your life is so um it is so terrible that you're willing willing to walk away from your kids because you, you don't feel that you have a choice. Right. Like you know that's but you know, you're walking up to that line and maybe you're not gonna yes. cross it. Right. That's right. That's right. That's right. I, I think in various cultures, right, there's that same kind of um, concern because mm-hmm. you have, especially if you've got a religious kind of a tie to it, right? right so, right. Um, you know, you could be Hasidic Jew, you could be Muslim, you can be Pentecostal in, in um, you know, and it's the intertwining of me leaving and what that means for not just me, but for my children, right? In many ways, keeps people from leaving. But here is what I know to be true it takes one person to do it because I can promise you there's other women in oh, your yeah. group, in your community who are sitting on ready, right? They're there, but haven't been able to, or try to, or thinking about it. How do I know this? Because I've represented them because I've coached them because, and inevitably one, it's like a domino effect. Then their girlfriend is calling saying, I was inspired. This is what I needed. I saw that she was able to do it and now I can do it. Mm -hmm. I saw that, you know, it was terrible and and we were kind of cut off from her but the fact that she kept pushing and going and doing i now have the ability to live the life that i deserve and and so i say that because i think it's really important to know that maybe you've tried mm-hmm. and maybe you haven't yet crossed the line but there's somebody else who's kind of waiting on on you Right. Or you're waiting on somebody else. Yeah. And, and, you know, it just takes, it just takes one person to say enough already. This is, this has to happen as hard as it may be, but we do know those cultural ties. That's a hard one. It is hard. Yeah. But I think you're, you know, you're so right. You make such a good point about this because, you know, you think about it just, you know, my own divorce, 
right? There's always like the first person in the friend group, right? Yep. And it was like, is this contagious? Like what the hell is happening? <laughs> because like there, one person goes and then you're holding up a mirror to everybody else's relationship. Yes. And suddenly they're looking at it and they're like, oh, oh. right? Uh-huh. And if uh-huh. and if she left, you know, what, what does that say about me and my marriage? Yes. Like I can go, right? And even in my, I don't have any cultural or religious uh, yeah. ties in that way. Right. And so the same thing is so true in other, in these, these more um, oppressive, um, dominant patriarchal, yeah. uh, you know, uh, communities, because one, one woman, because yes, let's, let's be honest, one woman gets out and creates freedom and a life for herself and shows that there's a possibility yes. of that on the other side. And yep. there's like 10 women behind the curtain. Going, oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, right. Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. She, made, she made all that for herself. Okay. Huh. And you know, what I also say is that there is always, maybe not always, but usually I think, um, a, uh, another church, another mosque, yes. another temple. There is usually another place that you can go yes. that is more progressive and less demeaning and oppressive. So you don't have to give up your your religion, right? If you are Muslim and this is like very integral to who you are, there's yes. a mosque that is more progressive for you. Yes. There is now, which is great because there is now. <laughs> yeah, right. this there is, is now. Well, you know, I, I mean, and, yeah. and this is why it's important to have kind of I'd say these conversations and to shine light and for people to see things because yes, right? The idea that certainly the idea of getting divorced in many ways, right, is very divisive, whether that's culturally speaking, whether that's religious whether that's, you know, your own kind of, um, you know, step for white community, it doesn't matter, right? The the idea that, um, you know, we, you're breaking away from the mold, right? And, and you're going to be okay. There now are other communities that are saying, yeah, this is good. This Mm -hmm. is fine. Mm -hmm. You're okay. And I think Having that helps everybody, which is which is a great thing. But you know, to be fair, I think that comes from people such as yourself, Kate, kind of coming out and saying, "Hey, you know what? This this ship didn't sink. I'm standing. I'm doing just fine. You two will That's be right. okay, right? That's like right. That's so right. It, it's right." Yeah, we have those more progressive models because somebody stepped out. Somebody of stepped the out. Radical, uh, yes. conservative one. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. right. And I think the more we have conversations, the more that that people see themselves in spaces where they're like, "Oh, wait, you did it. I can do it, and it's okay." That then is why. You know, I know people get exhausted by the phrase of, you know, saying things like representation matters. But when we say things like representation matters, it means, hey, you know what? 
I can be vice president because I've seen a female do it or secretary of state because I've seen a female do it. Hey, I can be divorced because you know what? Despite the fact that my very conservative, you know, Baptist church is anti-divorce and we don't talk about it. I've now seen this person do it. Mm-hmm. That is why spaces like grown girl exist because we didn't in large part have the visibility in these conversations in saying we're out here. Right. Right. And yeah. it's okay knowing that as a community and as a village, that there are people who have been through where you are and therefore you too can can be okay as you navigate this process. That's why these things are important. It's, it's so it's, true. And representation does matter. It does. It does. I mean, it 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 right. You see a group of empowered, strong black women say, it's okay. We've got you and you can do it. Like yeah. how much, you know, we uh, you know, and you you brought up the village, right? Our our strength is a collective, right? Absolutely, and women, right? Women are meant to be in a collective. That is our primal nature. Yeah. Right? Yes. And you know, we're not meant to be doing this shit alone in in single family homes behind you know white picket fences and all of that no. shit. We're meant to be together. So uh, somewhere along the way, right? We lost sight of the, you know, it takes a village, right? So it Mm -hmm. takes a village to raise a child. It takes a village to, you know, come together and make things happen, right? Whether that's anything from, you know, voting rights to, Mm -hmm. you know, making sure that somebody is picking up all the neighborhood kids. Somewhere along the way, we have taken on this I can do it all by myself, right? Mm-hmm. And listen, right. all I'm I have to do one. is lean in. That's right. That's it. That's it, right? I don't need help, right? And look, make no mistake. I'm all about you put your big girl panties on and you keep it moving. I get that. However, right, we know that there's strength in numbers. There's strength in community and doing things together makes you know, it all better, but, but it makes yeah. life worth, I think, living. It, mm-hmm. it, it enhances your own experience, but it's, a, it truly is a reminder that you're not alone, not just in challenging times, but in great times as well. And, and so I, I do think that we really have to get back to these spaces of saying, we are in this all together. Um, regardless of whatever stage and craziness that life transitions are throwing at me, where I've got a, a village behind me to to help me, you know, and pick me up and support me in whatever way makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. And and I, I think we will all be okay if we start to really allow that to to really um, be true for our for our lives. That you know we're not meant to do this alone. And it's not fun to do it alone. Alone, it's not. And and you know the other thing that I'll add to it is this idea that we were meant to do it alone, or that we're strong enough to do it alone, or we're resilient enough to do it alone is actually 
a message of the system that's actually trying to keep us alone. compliant and exhausted. <laughs> yes. <laughs> alone, yeah. right? Yes. Like, like yes. all that messaging yes. is patriarchal. All of yes. it. Right. Yes. And so our yearning, women's yearning for community and to be together, like that's that's the power. That right? is the power. And that's and that is the shit that they've been trying to like keep down because, you know, yes. that's because that's where our strength is and they don't like our strength. Well, but think of it this way, right? Clients will say, or, you know, I'm in mediation and someone will say, um, well, my spouse says I don't have to talk to anybody or I don't, you know, I, I don't need uh, the divorce coach or I don't uh-huh. need to hire my uh-huh. own lawyer or I, and, <laughs> right. And, and I'm often like, and why is that, right? Why don't you need anybody else, right? And it goes to this idea of as long as I can keep you isolated, as long mm-hmm. as I can kind of control the narrative, right? Mercy. Yep, that's right. right. Mm-hmm. Then it allows things to go in a direction by which the other person is controlling. And so on a larger scale, it's truly important to keep that in mind because when we think about finding ourselves getting educated and learning about the process of divorce or learning about what it means to, you know, have a co-parenting relationship that is not toxic, right? Mm -hmm, The more mm -hmm. we talk and collaborate and understand, the better. However, make no mistake, there is a push to shut down that information. There is a push to silence the information as whether it's, oh, that's just people whining or that's not needed or it's not helpful when in reality, it's about trying to silence the village and 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 really stay in spaces of isolation. Mm-hmm. I'm not here yes. for it. <laughs> I so. am not here for it either. <laughs> and, you know, to that point, when you when somebody says like, oh, you don't need uh, you know, when they're if they're trying to control the narrative, or if 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 the only way that you can have a collaborative and non-toxic co-parenting relationship is for you to be quiet yep. and compliant, that's a toxic yes. relationship. That's right. right? So you know, and if and if the person is saying, you know, like, oh, we just need to be a unified front. This took me years, right? My ex would say to me all the time, like, we need to have, we need to present a unified front to our son about X, Y, and Z, whatever it is. And what he was really saying is, you need to get on board with what I'm saying. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's right, that's right. It took me about a decade mm-hmm. to be able to go. I don't choose to unify with something I don't believe in. Yes. I I am not going to unify with you on this because I don't agree with you on yes. this. And yes. when I said it that way, he was like, oh, oh, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> like it was like a radical concept, right? Yes. And it was because for 10 years I've been like, okay, okay. I guess I have to just shut my mouth and just mm, yep. fall in line. Fall in line. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. The idea of, you know, unified front, right, really is all about, listen, 
you unify because you fall in line behind where I'm at. Right. So this is, this is the message and we're all, this is what we're kind of putting forth and putting out there. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's Mm -hmm. the same. um, The same thing can be said when, when you have the, we don't need additional help. We don't need, it's the two of us. We've got this. You don't need anybody else. I don't agree that you, anybody else can do pick up or drop off. I don't agree that, you know, we can ever question who is involved in the ins and outs of what's happening. And listen, I'm not saying that everybody should know your business because marriages, the part of marriage is the two of you being, you know, um, on the same page and having and protecting that marital space. However, there's a difference between being silenced and falling in line and being truly excluded from your support in your village mm-hmm. and having the ability to say, you know what? I do have people around me who can mm-hmm. help me see things clearly or who can make sure that this is making sense when I can't see this for myself. And, you know, unfortunately, not every village, not every support is the right support. And so we mm-hmm. want to be mindful, right? Yes. right? That, you know, yes. we just talked about, you know, some uh, religious communities or or That's certain right. kind of cultural associations where you have to be able to say, actually, I got to break free from that too, because yes. that in and of itself too is not, is not helpful. Um, so navigating all of these spaces is a challenge. And then you add in just dealing with the divorce process. I mean, it's, it's a lot for any one person to, to go through. Um, But I think that's why it's all the more important that we find and allow ourselves to be part of communities that really um, allow us to be who we are Mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. and 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 that we all are able to see ourselves um you know getting through challenging times because somebody else who has been through it is able to kind of say you know what you'll be fine cuz i i was there too and it's, we've got you yeah we've got you we've got you yeah. Oh, uh, what a great Good conversation, stuff. Kim. I know. <laughs> so where can everybody find you, Grown Girl Divorce, your yes. podcast, all of the things? Where can people join you in community? Yeah, thanks. So um, you know, certainly on the website, which is growngirldivorce.com, the podcast is available on all you know podcast players, but you can certainly you know check it out directly on the website as well. I'm on social media. I keep things easy. Everything is grown girl divorce, right? So you know there's not a a, a ton of different um, tags. So you type in grown girl divorce, you're gonna find us. Please, you know, um, we are trying to expand the community. We want to make sure that those who need the support get the support. And so, you know, truly believe that sharing is caring and, you know, we never know who needs it. So, you know, share the information. All are welcome, um, but just, you know, but know that um, this is creating a space of relatability for, for you know, voices um, and the experience of Black women and women of color in this process. But Amazing. yeah. 
And so when you talk about the community itself, like, do you actually have a group? Do you have? So Mm -hmm. we have support groups and we have coaching, Um, you know, we have, and our support groups are three different groups. So you have the before, during, and after support groups. And so you can um, get into one of the groups. If you go to the website, there's a waiting list. And so we have groups and then we have uh, both in-person and virtual events. And so if you go to the website and the great thing about the um, events is that we try to do both educational and empowerment events. And, and so on the education side, of course, it's um, all things where you learn various things or various experts that come and, and do great kind of talking um, kind of presentations. Um, and then empowerment. Sometimes you just want to feel good, right? You just want to let your hair down and do yes, some fun things. I do. <laughs> you know? um, and so, um, you know, not all things are centered around you know, education, sometimes you just need a good laugh or a good, you know, massage. And, and so we we also have empowerment groups. So definitely, you know, checking out the website, keeping up with um, the website um, is a great way to make sure that you're plugged into all of the great things that we have going on. Amazing. GrownGirlDivorce.com. Kimberly Cook, you are awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Divorce Survival Guide podcast. If you like what you hear, head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in and leave me a review. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at the Divorce Survival Guide. I'll see you next time. And until then, remember, you, my love, deserve to be happy.